You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is uh, Josh Sanchez. He is a host of his own podcast. Um, he's uh, part of Swoop Radio. His podcast is The Behavior Vortex. And uh, you may be thinking, why would I have another podcast on my podcast? Well, just because uh, he's another podcaster doesn't mean he has a lot of great things uh, to say. And uh, I'm looking forward to learning what uh, his experience is. So, Josh, thanks for coming. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm ready to talk about whatever. Um, Swoop Radio is more like a sports and mental health podcast and behavior vortex health podcast. So um, okay. whatever you want to talk about, I'm down. Well, I've gotten asked 8 million times why I started my own podcast. So now I get to turn the tables and say, what led you to start these podcasts? Um, what led me to start uh, these podcasts, sports has always been a passion of mine uh, ever since I was little. Um, I'm a I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, so I'm a big, hard, diehard Philadelphia fan. I love all the Philadelphia sports teams. Um, I remember when I was little, I would I would like, uh, I would describe like the batters like batting average for the Phillies. I'm like now batting Ryan Howard at 58 home runs and over 130 RBI, and, and like I would just do that commentary like over and over. And then huh. in high school, I, I had talks about doing a podcast in college. Um, one of my professors came up to me and was like, you really know a lot about sports. You should start a podcast. And it took me some time. I was on YouTube for a little bit. And then uh, I found this app called Anchor, and it puts my podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, all the podcasts. And I, I talk about sports, and then I integrated mental health in that regard because a lot of, not a lot of people talk about mental health. Um, I, I created this survey. Um, I, I went around campus, and I started asking all the athletes, like, do you know how to mentally train yourself for a game? Huh. And a lot of them don't know how to, because um, when you think of a sport, you think of, I got to be physically strong or I got to be physically tough. But a right. lot of the great athletes like Michael Jordan, um, Tom Brady in football, um, Kobe Bryant, like those are just three names that just have like that mentality. That's the alpha dog mentality and are just mentally strong. Um, LeBron James is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he had to learn how to become mentally strong. Um, I, I, I read this article on him. He probably spent about like five, he spends about $500,000 on his body. And he just added mental health when he was in the prime of his career. Cause he realized that he needs to have a mental trainer to help him out, um, through games and stuff like that. So that, that's what I, a little bit of what I talk about on Radio. Okay. and then on the behavior vortex, that's just strictly uh, psychology. Um, I'm a psychology and communications major. And uh, my dream is to become a sports psychologist. Um, mm. work, yeah, work for either a, a, co a, a Division One college, professional athletes. That would be the dream. And also do podcasts on the sides. That, yeah, that's pretty right. much how I got in the 
Very cool. So tell me about the uh, the mental game. What do professionals have to do in order to gear themselves up to, you know, to play their sport? Um, in, in terms of in terms of like the professional game and sports, the beautiful thing about sports is it can relate to anything, any like real world, like anything, real life problems too. like not even right. just athletes, like every day, like what you can do every day. Um, there's three types of goals that I always like to express to people. Um, it's called performance, process, and outcomes. These are three type of goal sets. And whether or not you're an athlete or you're an average um, worker that works a nine to five job, an outcome goal, that's like your dream goal or like where do you, where do you see yourself in like five to seven years? Your performance goals are like yearly based goals that help you get to the outcome. And then your process goals are like goals you set every or goals you set every week. Um, to get you to the performance goal. So those are the three types of levels of goal setting. So that's one example of, right. of like what a professional athlete should do. The great athletes always set goals themselves in workouts. Like workouts, a perfect example. Um, an example of a process goal is each workout you do. Um, so like, for example, like on Monday, I'm going to do squats and I'm going to run. A, and then that leads to your performance goals, which are like your weekly or monthly goals. Like my goal is to lose 10 pounds in a month. Um, that's like your performance goal. And then your outcome goal could be, I want to lose like 52 years. And then like, that's just an example of how like those are used in workouts, sports, and in life too. And, um, another, another thing that, um, another thing that athletes do is mentally prepared. There's this thing called sports imagery or, and I'm just going to call it imagery because it's really fascinating. What you do is like you close your eyes, you take a deep breath, and you visual and you visualize yourself doing it at work or whether that's in um, the sporting realm. Like if you're a basketball player, think you're in a basketball. You close and you visualize your and you visualize what you see. What do you hear? You ask yourself, what do you hear? You hear the crowd roaring. You hear referees blowing whistles. You hear um, teammates yelling, coaches yelling. And and if you're at work, uh, like wherever you work, just picture where you work. Like what do you see? What do you hear? How do you feel? And then how do you want to? And then another thing what athletes do is after they ask that question, how do they want to feel? They start shooting, like they start mimicking like their shots and they're mimicking like the reactions that they. So then when that spotlight does happen, um, they're ready for it. They're mentally just ready. Um, the perfect example is the free throw. The best free throw shooters, they not only do they practice time and time again, but they also visualize themselves and they mentally prepare themselves from the, for the moment. And that's why they, they incorporate sports imagery into that. So like Stephen Curry, for example, he shoots like 94% career. Wow. Like that's what he does. Yeah. And in practice, that's all, like when he shoots it, he closes his eyes and he visualizes what he does in the moment. And now he drains free throws like it's nothing. Um, What's his? Uh, have you ever heard him? Have you heard him interviewed about that process in particular, or other sports figures? Like, have you heard them say what they experience by doing that when they're actually going to take the real shot or perform? Um, in terms of like professionals, I know I know a lot of professionals really like, talked about like that specifically, but I know like Kevin Love, um, Andrew Luck, I know Rob Gronkowski just had an interview about mental health and how like the injury process and how like that's mentally draining on athletes. So like a lot of professional athletes are starting to speak up about mental health. It's just, everything is just so recent that there's not really a lot of stuff yet, but DeMar DeRozan, he's a basketball player for the Spurs. Um, he, he was with the Raptors, but he talked about his like anxieties, how he played in the court. And like another, like really interesting fact that it's like, 
brand new and it's starting to come up. A lot of like teams are starting to realize like when a player's anxious, like what specific body parts tense up when they're anxious. Like some some basketball players, when they shoot free throws and they get anxious, like their shoulder tenses up, which then causes their rotation and their normal rotation that they do in practice. It's not as normal now. And that leads to them to miss um, free throws or miss shots. It's really fascinating. Like, like there's, there's not a lot of like new information yet, but it's start, it's coming up within the next couple months. And I know um, now that Kevin Love spoke, DeMar DeRozan spoke, we're, we're seeing a lot of other athletes speak about what they're going through. I know in football also with CTE and stuff like that, like a lot of players are starting to speak out on that too. So it's good to, it's good uh, mental uh, sports psychology is in field. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, can you mention what, what is CTE in football? Um, CE, it's a, it's a, um, brain, um, what, uh, what that is, is, um, whenever like players take hits, like football is a very physical, like boxers get CTE as well. Hockey players do as well. Whenever you play like a serious contact sport, the blows to the head, um, what CTE does is it, it slowly decomposes your brain cell and you end up losing, um, you end up losing uh, neurons in your brain and it's very, it's crazy um like what ct is is ct sort of like a i i look i think of that like looking at pictures and stuff it's it looks like an algae but what it does is it eats up your brain cells and what ct leads to it leads to mental health disorders it leads to very angry uh short-tempered people and it also leads to depression and suicide a lot of former football players um committed suicide um after um after retiring from the game because, yeah. yeah, because of the brain damage that they face and stuff like that. And there's a whole movie out called Concussion. Uh, Will Smith's in it. I recommend you guys watch that. You, you'll learn yeah, a, a great lot movie. about seeing stuff like that and what it does. Um, and, 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 and football tried to hide it. That's the crazy part. The NFL tried to hide it in the beginning. And now the NFL got caught. And now a lot of, a lot of like parents are now not letting their kids play football because of that. Because you don't want to put your child and expose him to CTE and getting concussion. Um, CTE, right, yeah. like, like uh, a, a big misconception, a lot of people, you get hit hard one time, like you'll get CTE. Now, usually, it usually takes a couple concussions and it blows to the head. If you're constantly getting hit in the head or you're constantly, like, making contact, like a lot of people don't realize this. You see on TV when football players get smacked, like, you may see it, but, it, like, how it feels, it feels like you're getting hit by a car. Like that's how hard of impact, like hard of an impact it, it feels. And those wow. defensive linemen that are like 398 pounds or 400 pounds, when they hit you, it's more like a truck hitting you. <laughs> so like, like imagine getting hit by a truck. Like that's how some of these players, um, yeah, like, yeah I, I played football and I mean, and that's just the high school that takes them with some of the uh, running backs I had to tackle. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I met I met an NFL player. He went to my high school. It's Paul Warlow. He's not really like a big big no name guy, like a big name guy. But um, he told me he was like uh, the toughest person he ever had to tackle was Marshawn Lynch. And and Marshawn Lynch is one of the famous running backs. He's known as like Beast Mode and stuff like that. Ugh. Him like he he was telling me one sequence where him and where him and Marshawn Lynch collided with. And he hit him so hard that he could not feel his whole body. Wow. And the fact that that even happens, like, that's not even CTE. That's your whole body. That, like, yeah, that's it, terrible. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but that's just one of the things about the NFL and 
football players know that coming in. So, yeah, it's like you know, you see in the movies uh, these action heroes. Now, now I know there's no way that any human being could even take a tenth of what they experience. Like, you know, this new movie Sean Hobbs came out, and I saw it with my family, and like, I just didn't even like the movie because it was just absurd. You know, you there's no way any human being can even begin to take all that injury without being finished. You know, you don't yeah. like people look at football players; they think they're all tough, and but no, no one's body can take that for long without suffering serious consequences. I don't think people realize that. You know. Yeah, yeah, like the running back position. It's like the perfect example. If you play running back, you're getting hit every single play. The average span for a running back in football is three years. Wow. And, yeah, like like that's the average. Like so many people, like the great running backs, like Ezekiel Elliott, um, Saquon Barkley, like Adrian Peterson, like those guys make it look so easy. But the average running back only lasts three years. Huh. Yeah, cause it, it, yeah because yeah, you got to think about it. Like you're getting... You're getting hit in high school. You're getting hit in college. And now you come yeah. to the NFL and you get hit again. Your body can only take so much, like you said. Going back to the uh, mental imagery, I don't know if you still play sports professionally or you know just uh, recreationally, but do you do any mental preparation? And if so, what what does that involve? Um, I don't I don't play sports anymore. But um, but what I but what I like to do before each day, I always ask myself like, how do I feel and how do I want to feel by the end of the day? And that actually helps me a lot with setting goals with my workouts that I do. I work, I try to work out three or four times a week anymore. But um, I know I used to, uh, when I uh, college, did play um, a little bit of, I played like a rec league baseball for like a year. Just to like, because I missed it so much. I played baseball for 14 years. But I wish that I knew what I knew when I played when I was in high school. Because I would have definitely been at one step ahead of everyone else. But I mean, that, that's just a part of life and it's a part of like you learning and stuff like that. But in terms of mental preparation, I see a psychologist once a week and I recommend, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re- I recommend uh, everyone to get mental health at least, not like weekly, but if you got, if you just go talk to a therapist at least like once a month, um, because it, it really helps. Like it's, it's really good to hear like a third party, like no bias um, answer, like a person to talk to about like your personal like conflict like, you go through personal. Um, I used to have a lot of like anger and I didn't really know how to control that. Like, I didn't really know, like I would just be mad, but I never realized like why was I and going yeah, and, and like going to therapy and stuff, like helped me really find out like, yeah, like you find, you, you find out a lot about yourself when you go to, th- and I, I recommend at least, at least go into it at least twice. So what are, again, what are some things that you do in your daily or weekly or monthly routine that help you with your mental game? Um, like give me some examples and what it does for you. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, any. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you everything. Um, what I usually do uh, weekly is I usually on like a Sunday, I will write goals for the week, like how many podcasts I'll do in a week, like how many homework assignments I get done in a week, or like like uh, like what homework assignments I can get done in a week for school, um, how many workouts, and I just send like little goals like that. Like if I work, like how much money do I plan to make this week? Um, like, like, and I, and I can only control what I can control. Um, so that's so why I set like little goals for myself weekly. And then I try to achieve those goals. And obviously I have bigger goals and I save a lot of, money, uh, because once I'm done school, I want to be able to have enough money so I can move out from my house and, or like my parents' house and go travel the world and see where my career takes me. Um, so that's like my big outcome goal, but I, I make little goals weekly and I, and every day I ask myself, I close my eyes, wake up and I ask myself, like, how does my body feel? How do I feel? Like some days my body feels like crap because you're just tired from the before. 
like yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I know like you're a very good sleep expert so I know I probably did not get enough sleep that night but um <laughs> but um but yeah like I always ask myself gotcha. how am I how am I feeling and how do I want to feel at the end of the day and and I try and get to how I feel at the end of the day that's that's some like small stuff what if, that I do. well what about the goals themselves I've seen you know when you if you set like super ambitious goals it could be a, a deterrent and if you set them too easy it just feels like a waste. So how do you dial in the right level for you? Like, what have you experienced? Um, uh, 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 that's a great question. In terms of like goal setting, you kind of learn just through experience. You're going to have moments where, you, where you're going to set like way too high of goals for yourself. But during those moments, don't get discouraged by, don't try not to get discouraged by, because you're also learning as well. And then on the other way around, like the other way around, like, oh, like that was too easy. Like I'm going to push myself. Like I know I used to have some workout where I was like, this workout was very easy. Like I could definitely have done a little bit harder here. And you just use that as a learning experience. And then, and then you'll, you will, you will realize like the perfect goals that push you a little bit, but not too much where you're overstressed and you're, and, and you're trying to achieve that goal. Um, and, and, and that, and that mindset works with anything. Like if you set goals about work or you set goals about school or you set goals about athletics, whatever you set goals, um, there's going to be a trial. In it. And I think like you will, to answer your question, like you sort of will realize that on your own, sort of like how I realized it. And like, I realized like, and you, and you learn a lot more about your body and your body can take and what your body cannot take physically, mentally, and emotionally. Well, so question for you. Um, how long have you been doing your goal setting and, and all the things that you do now, you know, the psychologist, the, the goal setting daily, weekly, quarterly, that kind of thing. Uh, in, in terms of, in terms of like, like, like podcasting, I do, I do about like three podcasts in terms of like my mental health, um, in terms of like my, my, my mental health and what I do. Um, I always ask that question daily. Like I would do a daily check-in. It usually takes about just five minutes. You literally, you can do it right when you go to bed, like right before you go to bed and right when, um, I do that daily, um, in terms of like psychology and stuff, like I help people from time to time, but not really like a lot only because I am in school and I, and I don't have my bachelor's yet. I'm trying to get my bachelor's one more. I have like nine more months left and how long I've been doing it. I've been doing psychology and sophomore and I learned, I learned a lot during these past two years about myself and about like my, like about like what I go. Um, so to answer your question, two years total in terms of psychology and stuff, um, mental reflection, I do it. I've been doing it daily and I started uh, last year doing that. So yeah. Well, was there resistance though? Did you feel like, uh, I don't feel like doing this today. And did you find yourself doing it consistently or stopping? And, Cause I would bet that that's a hard thing in itself is to, okay, I'm going to do this, but then do it consistently and not just, do it for a week and give up yeah uh yeah I, i've definitely I, everyone's gonna have the, those moments and have those days where you are like tired and you're not feeling it um yeah i i've definitely have i have i'm a firm believer in taking like taking a break um i was doing like three podcasts a week for a while and then last in august i took a month break from it. i was like uh it gives me some time to just recharge and regroup vacation with family i i recommend like taking time to to reward yourself as well for all the hard work that you've done and also taking time to just like hit that mental reset button at times like it can be very overwhelming when you like check in every day and stuff you're like wow why am i feeling this and and it takes a while for you to fully get it to fully um, understand how you feel 
And um, yeah, like to answer your question, like it's important to just to take breaks and to also like reward yourself during the journey. Like I, I look at it, I look at any sort of like, like a weight loss. Like if you're craving like an Oreo or you're craving like a specific type of food, like don't completely kill yourself, like run away from like, like kill yourself from that food. Like after like a week of working hard or two weeks, reward yourself with like a, like a, like you can get a couple of Oreos or you can get like, you can get that. But then just know when you have that, now you got to put in work after. And that, and, and that's all I like to answer your question. What, um, so what have you noticed has changed now that you have goals and check-ins and things like that? Like, is your day-to-day different? Are you just achieving more? Like, you know, overall, what, what has it done for you? Um, it's definitely boosted my confidence. I feel a lot more confident. I feel also a lot more motivated as well. Um, like I have a lot of goals that I, that I want to achieve. Like these little goals that I've set have really helped me and have put me in a, in a very good position for me to achieve those goals. So I feel more motivated. I feel, I, I feel more mentally strong. I feel like I can talk about my emotions a lot. And, and that's a good huh. thing. And, it, and it's a very good thing to be able to talk about your, like, what makes me mad or like, this is why this is an action of why I'm mad. Like it helps you a lot with conversation with friends, with family, with loved ones, um, being able to realize like how you feel. Um, that's, that's an, like, it's a very big step. And I can say like, my life has been a lot, has been a lot better since I've started that. And a lot of people, and a lot of people like, uh, it is sort of like the new trend too. I realize and a lot of, People find it very, uh, very, um, like amazing. uh, They find it very, like, amazing when people start reflecting and they start understanding their mental health. Oh, you mean because they feel understood and they're surprised by that? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. What about, um, you know, social media and being on phones? And, you know, again, you're younger than I am and I'm sure like you're in the thick of it. So have you reduced the amount of time you spend, you know, on the phone or, looking at social media or computers and things like that, do you do more in-person face-to-face interactions or are you still pretty steeped in it? Um, I try and find a balance between the two. Um, I know, um, I know like I, I've, I, I am on my, I do have days where I am on my phone a lot. That's for like podcasting and like social media networking. Um, but I mean, and other than that, like I usually do a lot of face-to-face conversation. I, I love talking to people face-to-face um, instead of over the phone. I've always been like that since I was little. Um, I will say I've gotten a lot better since I have been like realizing things more and like, because the cell phone, like it's awesome. It can help you out with a lot of knowledge and really uh, make you like successful. Like you can know anything, all, all, all you are, like all you can just search Google, your Google search away from uh, finding the world. But um, with great, with great technology comes at a bit as it like, comes like a greater consequence. Like a lot of people are socially awkward and they don't know how to interact face- uh, because of yep. the phones, and I know eye contact is a big one. Um, I work with kids in the summer. Like they, them, and eye contact is bad. Like I'm like, this is what you did, huh. and they're not even looking at me. I'm like, so you are you not listening? Like I don't like. Right. So it, it, it's just it's crazy to see the younger gen. Yeah, with my son, like you know, I'll say it's over there, it's over there, pops go, you know, and and he won't look at stuff sometimes. I I tell him, I said, I can't be your eyes. You have to look around, you know, and I. And I've, he's gotten mad sometimes. I say, you see these things? And I point to my eyes. I said, these are called eyes. You got to see <laughs> And he gets all mad at me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I worry. You know, like, I, I, it sounds silly. I worry that the younger generation literally is, you know, like, walk off a cliff or 
not look at things literally. They just it's strange. They don't uh, look at things as much as I would think they would. But anyway, so how many how many podcasts do you think you've done total? Um, in terms of podcasts, I've done uh, uh I've done nine Beaver uh, Vortex podcasts, and I've done over a hundred and forty Swoop Radio podcasts. So yeah, I've done about like almost one fifty altogether. Wow. Yeah. yeah so. What, yeah. How's your perception different after doing so many? What have you learned? Like, what is doing all these podcasts done for you? You feel like? Um, I feel like doing all these podcasts. It's definitely made me more comfortable with just talking to people. Um, I will say, like my first podcast, like my first couple podcasts, like two years ago, very rough. And my podcast, very, very rough. Cause like I was, you can tell in the first couple podcasts, like I was nervous. Like I knew what I was yeah. talking about, but I just didn't know how to like really like express how I feel and, and talk in a professional way. Um, I, yeah. And, and just doing it for two years now, it's like on anchor for two years and overall for three years. Like I've, I feel like I've become more like laid back and comfortable. I can interview people, whatever we can talk about, whatever. Like I usually have like one or two questions planned out, but other than that, like I have the rest of the questions depending on how the conversation is going to go. And, it, and yeah, it's just good times. Like, and I, I'm just, I, I love, I love podcasting. It just, it gets you out there. You can talk about whatever you want. There's no standards. There's, there's nothing that's going to hold you back from talking from like, from you talking and voicing your opinion. Yeah. I feel like I get insight into so many different worlds from doing it. Mm-hmm. It's really cool when you, have, when you have a great day and you talk to like really cool people and it just makes me feel good. And I learn all kinds of stuff I never knew existed. So yeah, I love yeah. doing it. Yeah, I, I I interviewed this one woman. She's from uh, San Antonio, Texas, and she worked. She's in the military. She was telling me how she was born in West Africa, and she we, we talked about like the anxieties of moving to different countries and stuff. It was, it's just amazing. Like to just add to your point, like you learn so much just from talking to other people from around the world. Like it, it's it's really fascinating. Yeah. That's cool. So any um any guests or topics that you're really looking forward to doing in the near future on the podcast? Um, now that football's back, I'm going to do, um, I already, for Swoop Radio, I'm going to do a segment called Sanchez's Picks. My last name is uh, Sanchez, obviously. And I'm going to pick five games each week, and I'm going to predict who's going to win and law- and win or lose. And I'm really excited to see, like, how many picks I get right overall. And, uh, and that, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously, basketball is going to come up soon within the next month or two. So, and then the baseball playoffs are, are, go- are coming right around the corner. A lot of teams are fighting again in October now. So those are a couple of huh. like, sporting topics in terms of mental health. I like mental health is just, you can talk about anything like the yeah. brain. You can talk about sleep. You can talk about the body eating, eating right nutrition. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, I plan to get a couple more guests on the show and talk more, talk more about like, like your body, like sleep relationships, right. like how you interact with people, like eating right. So that's what I look forward to in the- that's great. So what's the best way for people to uh, find you? Like, if they're interested in sports, where is Swoop Radio at? How do they find it? Yep, uh, Swoop Radio. It's called Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. You can find me on Anchor. Um, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, all you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on any of those search browsers. I'll pop right up. I'm also on iHeartRadio, too, so you can search me on there. Um, for Behavior Vortex, I'm not on iHeartRadio yet for Behavior Vortex, but I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All you have to do is search Behavior. So just one search away from being Apple Podcasts and stuff. That's great. And then with Behavior Vortex, 
where do people find you that way? Uh, uh, with Behavior Vortex, same with Swoop Radio. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. Just search Behavior Vortex. I'll pop right up. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, Josh, uh, any last words of wisdom for listeners or, uh, or is that it? Um, uh, I will say this to, to end today's podcast in terms of mental health, um, that every day, it doesn't have to be every day, but at least a couple times a week, just ask yourself, like, how are you feeling? And if you're feeling good, why am I feeling like what is making my life? Um, the best advice that I can give, uh, I know I, I love podcasting, but, um, the best advice I heard was from Will Smith. Will Smith said, um, look at the top five people in your like the top five, the first five people that come up on your text message and ask yourself, uh-huh. are these five people impacting my life for the good? Are these people motivating me? And if they're not, what are they doing when they're stressing out? So that's just a quick little advice to check. Uh, last minute words. That's great. Okay. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Anytime. Thank you for having me. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.